Hello, everybody, and welcome to Thursday morning, November the 7th on When I Rise. We're going to be taking a look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5 and 13 through 17, because we are in year C, proper 27, or the 22nd Sunday after Pentecost. And so we'll look at the New Testament text today, some more from Paul's words, and I'll read that, that passage. I'll provide some moments of reflection, and then we'll spend some time praying together. Thanks for making this party morning on When I Rise. Let's all pray together this morning. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5 and 13 through 17. Concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him, we ask you, brothers and sisters, not to become easily unsettled or alarmed by the teaching allegedly from us, whether by a prophecy or by a word of mouth or by a letter, asserting that the day of the Lord has already come. Do not anyone deceive you in any way, for that, that day will come, not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed the man doomed to destruction. He will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshipped, so that he sets himself up in God's temple, proclaiming, proclaiming himself to be God. But we, always, we ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters loved by the Lord, because God chose you as first fruits to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. He called you to this through the gospel, through our gospel that you might share in, in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold fast to the teachings we passed on to you, whether by word of mouth or by letter. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. This is the word of God for us. Let me share just a couple thoughts about Second uh, Thessalonians, uh, a couple chunks of verses here, verses 1 through 5 and 13 through 17. Uh, many things that we could say here, I think just a couple points of reference. The first one is that the church in Thessalonica seemed to be uh, tempted in trying to predict the end of the world and the return of Jesus. Uh, so if you read verses, sorry, if you read 1 Thessalonians alongside 2 Thessalonians, you'll know that uh, Paul spent some time in 1 Thessalonians 4 talking about uh, the unique shape of the return of Christ, and then he seems to write the second letter because there seems to be this over-fascination with the end. And it seems that this was something that was in their zip code. It seemed like the Thessalonians, uh, as, a, as a community, not just the Thessalonian church, was obsessed about what might happen in the days ahead. Uh, I, I guess the second thing would be this, and I think this is kind of a clever thing that those who uh, arranged the lectionary were to put these verses in towards the end here. We know that year C of the lectionary spends some time going through the Old Testament prophets. And this is an interesting balance that the faithful community and the Christian believer needs to try to keep. On the one hand, we need to understand that God knows the end from the beginning, that there is a destiny ahead of us. And God has been revealing what that will look like in part as we, by faith, walk forward towards it. I think the other part of the of the balance is is not to get overly fascinated with the end times. 
And this is not just something that first century people in Thessalonica, the town that this letter is written to, are prone to or attempted to. This is something that we see today. Even some in the church are trying to always predict the end times. They take the book of Daniel, they take the book of Revelation, they're trying to ascribe all those symbols to different things that happen in our uh, contemporary context. And so there is this sway towards this fascination of what is going to happen at the end. The unique struggle in the Thessalonian church is that uh, they seem to think that they were left behind or something like that, like the end had already occurred and that Paul was the one who predicted it and uh, they felt like maybe they were duped by him. And so he gives them instead encouragement in verses 13 through 17. Uh, He wants to affirm their faith, that their brothers and sisters in the Lord, that they are first fruits that they are being changed by the Holy Spirit. That term first fruits is an agricultural term. The first fruits were those first crops that would come up out of the ground. It was a signpost of what the rest of the crop is going to look like. And so Paul is trying to encourage them. Uh, They might find that they were dim-witted or perhaps they were slow or perhaps um, they were uh, uh, immature in their faith because they didn't see the incoming like someone was trying to tempt them to believe. But Paul says, no, and you need to trust yourselves. What we see among you is that you're the first fruits of the gospel. God is transforming you. Who you are is what the rest of the church is going to become. And so stay true to the faith, be committed to the faith. And I think that is an encouragement for us this morning. It's something we ought to pray for, asking God to help us to continue to be transformed and to be an example for the rest of the church around us. Not to think lowly of ourselves and not to think that we're so easily persuaded by false truths. But if God is with us, we will be sustained and we will be strengthened. So let's, let's pray this morning that we be strengthened by God's Holy Spirit so that we can face the uncertainty of what might happen in the days ahead. Let's all pray together this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you that we arise to wake this morning and we've got breath in our lungs. We've got things to do. We've got school to attend. We've got a job uh, to engage with. We've got coworkers and we have friends, a greater network out there. We've got current events to grapple with. We thank you that there is just so much to engage with today. Today is brimming full of possibility and of life. And so God, we thank you that this morning we uh, awaken as we face this day. It's all a gift that you give to us. And so, God, as we approach this day, um, as people of faith, we're, we're caught in an interesting collision of time. We know that past things have happened in and through the life of Jesus Christ and that future things are going to arrive at some point. And so we're caught in the in-between. So, God, we thank you um, that in the in-between, that we don't have to be uh, swept away and tempted into uh, superstition like was the temptation of the Thessalonian church that we don't have to be duped or feel like uh, we're dim-witted or that we've missed something. We thank you that your grace has sustained us thus far. And so, God, I thank you that just like the Thessalonians, we are first fruits, that whatever's happening to us is something that you're desiring in lives around us and the rest of the world. And so, God, we pray that we'd have confidence in our faith today, that even though that we're maturing, that we're on our way, that we're not completed yet, that you've done a work within us, and you're going to carry it to its completion. And so, God, this day, I pray that we would be encouraged. I pray that we'd understand that we are saved, that we're a part of God's people, that we're in the middle of a transformation process, that who we are is not who we are today, and we're going to be something even more brilliant because of your great grace that's at work within us. God, I thank you that just like the Thessalonians, we can stand firm, that we can be 
constrained by the teachings of Christ, that our minds can be transformed and that we can be enlightened into the truth. And so, God, we pray that we'd be enlightened today. God, we thank you for the sure hope that is uh, for us, that there's an eternal encouragement and a good hope for us who are in the faith. God, I thank you that we are not the vulnerable people who are unknown and who do not know where we are going next. We, we thank you this morning that we are part of your family. And because of that, we are known. And I thank you, God, that you continue to bring us to that place of abundance in your story in the days to come. So God, I pray that we'd be encouraged, that we'd be filled with enthusiasm, that our minds would be opened, that you would empower us for works of service so that people might know who you are because of the things that we do today and the words that we say, because we're pointing to the approaching day when Jesus returns and renews all things. Allow us to be a place where renewal is happening so that people can imagine the renewal of all things in the age to come. So God, be with us, strengthen us, allow us to be encouraged, allow us to be filled with hope this morning. I ask in Jesus' name, amen.